0: Jazakumullahu khayran, wassalamu alaykum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.
1: Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Can you guys hear me fine in the back? You sure? Everyone can hear me fine? Okay. Bismillah, let's begin inshallah ta'ala. Um Allahumma inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Allahumma inna nasaluka hubbak wa hubb man yuhibbuk wa hubb amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbika arhamar rahimeen. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, this is our fifth session of uh, Know Thy Enemy, a, a session, a class where we are discussing or learning what the Prophet wasallam has taught us about the means or the methods of dis- dis- uh, deception that shaitan throws at us that, or that the way shaitan tricks us and traps us. Um, and the reason we're studying this, uh, just, to, just to preface everything, why are we studying this? Um, The reason we're studying this is because the Quran states It says that treat shaitan as your enemy Uh, Treat him like that Meaning don't befriend him but treat him as an enemy And when we're being told to treat him as an enemy What we're being taught is to understand Know how your enemy is going to catch you uh, sleeping as we say right, Or catch you slipping um, Catch you off guard Um, And so in these last four sessions, we have been discussing various tactics, tricks, whatever you want to call it, about how shaitan comes at me and you. Um, And I don't know about you, over the last five weeks of this session, it's put me at a whole nother level of awareness. Um, And so we learned from the first session that there's there's two ways to fight shaitan. Number one way is just to turn to Allah. Right, Just to turn to Allah, ask Allah to help you in, in this war, in this battle. Um, and the other way to fight is to know and be on guard. Right, And that is the entire objective of what we're, we're studying. Remember this, the objective, the ultimate objective of shaitan is to get you to a point of disbelief. To get you to a point of disbelief. To get you to a point where you quit, you're done, you, you, you drop out of the race, you tap out, you're like, I'm done, I'm finished. And shaitan uses various different methods, various different methods to do that. Um, and there's one verse, it's, He says to the, to the believer, I, he says, disbelieve in God, disbelieve in God, disbelieve in God. And finally, when the person goes, you know what, you're right. That's when he says, I'm not with you no more. I'm not with you. So the point of this class is so that we're vigilant. We're on point. We know, we understand the different things that shaitan does uh, against us. Um, And here's the other thing we said last week. And I want to reiterate this. I asked a question last week. I was like, do you know yourself? Because if you don't know yourself, well, you best believe and understand that shaitan knows you. And the reason I said that is like, If you don't understand where you're weak at, you know, that SWAT analysis or what is it called? SWAT, right? Yeah, SWAT, whatever. Like if you haven't done your analysis of yourself, that's when you get caught slipping. For example, last week we talked about ghabab or anger. And there are a number of ahadith that talk about the fact that when this anger, when anger overcomes you and when you lose control and you're not in control anymore in an angry state, that's purely from shaitan. Shaitan's like, I got this person. That's it, right? And so if you don't know yourself, if you don't know what provokes your anger, if you can't even recognize your anger when it's starting, then shaitan's already got the upper hand because again, you don't know yourself, right? And so today as we go deeper and we're, we're talking about these, everyone, you really have to understand yourself and you really have to know Like where my limit is and what's going to protect me. Everyone in this room may have a different door that's wide open for shaitan. And what do I mean by that? The example we're giving is this. Imam Ghazali says, I want you to imagine that the heart is this castle. It's a castle. And shaitan is this enemy trying to get inside. And this castle has different doors to it. Those doors are the only ways that he can come in. But you gotta guard those doors. What were the doors that we did so far? Number one we did last week was uh, anger. What else did we do? Your hope in people? Like how much you just like expect things from people and it's not expectations from Allah? Give me another one. Love Love of what? Oh yeah, love of upgrades. You always wanna upgrade. Always square footage, how do I get more? Next car, next this, next accessory. What else? Is that it? Fear. fear. Yes. We said anytime you're f- afraid of anything other than Allah, watch that. The primary fear that you want in your heart is a fear of Allah. Everything else is, I'm okay. If, if, if I'm good with Allah, I'm okay with everything else. Today we're going to talk about, inshallah, um, three really, really big doors to the heart. That shaitan definitely, definitely in this day and age is attacking with his whole crew, his whole army. They're coming through this door. Um, the next door is um, shahawat. The Arabic word is shahawat. Um, shahawat means desires. Um, it means your desires. It, it's it's uh, your desire for the opposite gender. This halakha used to be a college, like, young professional thing. I'm seeing a lot of kids in here. So I'm in the car with my wife, and I'm like, how do I talk about this with, like, kids? She was just like, yo, just keep it real. I was like, all right, let's keep it real, inshallah. She's like, but my kids are in the room, so you better watch what you say. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I will watch what I say. No, we do that anyway. But um, what are we talking about shahwat? Uh, We're talking about we living in a time which is um, hypersexual, the imagery and everything thrown at us. Imam Ghazali says a major door that shaitan will attack you is your shahwat. Your shahwa in Arabic, it, it comes from shahwa, what you desire, what you want. Ma what yashtahi, you, what you want, what you desire. But it primarily goes back to two desires. Um, there's two desires that are always spoken about. The, the, the desire of intimacy with another human being and the desire for food. These are the two places that shaitan, and we're really going to only focus on, on, on one of those today. Um, the Quran. Let's start from the Quran. The Quran, we want to preface this. I've said this in many times. Allah has placed in us these beautiful qualities. Anger is beautiful in the right way. And I'm sorry if you've never seen it in the right way just because the people around you didn't master it, but it is a beautiful quality when it's shown in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like I give a million examples of when you would just be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I was angry today, Morocco lost, right? Like I was angry. <laughs> That's healthy, that's good anger. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I don't know. I could give some examples. But, you know, there's good, healthy anger that it's healthy. But what Ghazali taught us last week is when the anger is controlling you, that's where shaitan is taking control. And your aql, your intellect has no more control. But we're not going to get into that. We're focusing on shahwa. Why did I bring that up? Well, the reason I brought it up is because that desire for intimacy, like real talk, is a beautiful gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's be real. It's a beautiful gift from Allah. Imam Ghazali says, low key, and I think it's still appropriate. Imam Ghazali says, Allah gave us intimacy so that we can have a peek into what Jannah is like, straight up. Allahu Akbar. And he said, the other reason is for our, our progeny to go forward, for our humanity to go forward. But here's the deal. When you're controlling it, when you have it under control, then it is a healthy, beautiful thing. But when it controls you, that causes destruction. It causes destruction to you, it causes destruction to your family, it causes destruction to society. And so the Quran highlights a very important aspect of controlling that desire. Here's a verse I want to start with. <laughs> Have you not seen the one who? takes their hawa, their desires as their God. What does that mean? That means for a Muslim, we don't just do what we want to do. That's immature. That's a child. That's, uh, you know, a a five-year-old kid. Why'd you do it? Oh, I felt like doing it. A, A sign of spiritual maturity is like what we want to do, what we feel like doing isn't what is the primary thing that predicates our action. And in fact, the Quran in this verse says a sign, a dangerous sign is someone who takes their hawa, their feelings as their God. Now, what does that mean? Everyone in here is like, what are you talking about? I didn't pray to my feelings. No, but you do everything it tells you to do. It, it, remember I told you like two, two, three three weeks ago, um, Umar ibn Khattab, he saw someone going to buy meat like three times in the week. They didn't have refrigerator, so you had to buy it fresh. It wasn't, you're going to eat, it's going to spoil right away. So he sees this guy going to buy meat, and he's like, yo, Achi, like, I saw you three times at the butcher. Don't get me wrong, he was watching him close, but Omar was like that. You know I mean? He used to keep tabs on people. You know, like, you know, just make sure you're there, like my fudger crew. Like, if you ain't there, they'd be like, yo. They passive-aggressively text, like, are you Okay. <laughs> And they just mean, like, you wasn't here at the masjid. What are you doing? (laughs) Right? But anyways, so Omar bin Khattab used to keep tabs on people. So he was kind of like, yo, I saw you at the butcher. And meat is a delicacy, right? Meat is a luxury, right? So he's like, I saw you at the butcher three times this week. And the guy was like, yeah, I felt like having meat. And he said to him, very powerful statement. He goes, do you do everything you feel like doing? And the dude was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll go vegan for the next month, right? Like, I'll switch it up. No, but the point, the objective is... This this desire doesn't lead us. And and really, I want to say this again, that's a sign of immaturity, right? That's a sign of immaturity. And we all have younger siblings or even our own children that we understand if they don't get what they want, there's a tantrum. But how many of us throw tantrums true when we don't get what we want? We don't do it in the same way, but we still throw a tantrum in a different way, right? And so the, the concept in this verse is, um, just because you want to do it. Now, why am I, why is this so important today? Okay, so here's the deal. This door is being attacked. How so? First of all, the nuffs. What is the nuffs, guys? It's our inner self. The nuffs loves what is immediate, what feels good, and like cash over credit all day, like right away. That is the nuffs. It wants immediate gratification, So we have this internal inclination towards it, right? Allah placed that in us and I told you it's beautiful. But then we also have this shaitan which is trying to exploit that door, right? And I'm gonna give you some more proof to kind of bring that point home. And then on top of that, y'all, we have this society, right? We live in this time where we are being bombarded with sexual imagery so much that we are being told, if you feel like it, you should do it. What is holding you back? I know it's gonna sound funny, but let it go, let it go. I can't hold it back anymore. <laughs> yo, I was, I was just driving, I was talking to my, my, finally, like, my kids are at an age where I was like, let me have one of those mature conversations, right? So I was like, yo, you know these movies are really funny and cool, right? But you know they have, like, like low-key messaging. And my kids were finally at the point where we were, like, having a deep conversation. And I'm sorry, like, I grew up hearing Just Do It, Nike. You, you tell me why it's hard for me to fight my nuffs? Like, I just, like, you think that stuff doesn't work? I still think milk does a body good. <laughs> now, you don't get how, 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 like, that stuff sticks with you. That stuff sticks with you. I say some stuff, my, my wife be like, 90s, baby. You grew up in the 90s, right? I'm like, milk is good for your bones. She's like, bro, let's, like, chill. Let's, oh, dude. It's like, no, it doesn't body good. So I'm trying to say, like, just do it, just do it, just do it. You really think that hasn't affected you? And the imam up here on the member is like, yo, you shouldn't do it. And you're like, why not? Right? And so let it go, let it go. I'm not trying to hate on things. My kids know what that is or whatever. But you think those lyrics ain't going to reverberate in your head later on? Right? What are we letting go of? What can't we hold back anymore? So all I'm trying to say, why am I spending time on this? I, no, I think it's so important for us to realize our, our sexual desires are just being attacked hardcore. And we're being told to just literally just, who cares, let go, let, free yourself. And, and, and what we have to realize is as Muslims, this is a door that shaitan is going to definitely, definitely try to come through. Now let's start with a few hadith. So society is super super hypersexual and these things are being constantly thrown at us. First thing I want us to understand is the reward of fighting this fight. Listen to this beautiful narration of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Man ashiqa Man ashika. Whoever ashik is when you are like deeply in love with someone, like beyond. You lose it. Man, like, ashik uh, is someone who's like in love The Prophet him. he said "Man Ashikah, Whoever falls in love with someone faaffa, But holds back They hold it, they hold themselves And again, that's where the society is like, let go Who's telling you to hold back? And the Prophet here is like, no You're chaste, you hold back Right, you hold yourself For the sake of God فَكَتَّمَ And you keep it to yourself you just crying into the pillow, yo. Just crying into the pillow. <laughs> well, katama. Katama means you hide it inside. So you fell in love. You, 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 you stayed chaste. You fought that, right? And then you hid it. For mata, and you die later on in life. Not from that, obviously. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not for real. You die. Listen to what the prophet says to them, said. I really want you to hear these words. He says, For who a shaheed? You're a martyr on the day of judgment. A shaheed, you know what a shaheed is, y'all? That's like someone who died in battle. Hello, you were in battle. No, for real, this is warfare. This is battle, man. You keep throwing me Instagram pictures. Now, let's get real. For the brothers and the sisters in the room, you need to curate your feeds, yo. You need to curate your feeds. If you're struggling, fighting Shayfan, but you, got, you following certain people on your feed, You're not in the war. You low-key, that's your man. Remember what we said week two? Don't outwardly fight Shaitan and low-key be his friend. Curate your feed, man. You don't, it's not, it's not a, a, um, what's it called? Accidental glance when you follow the person. I'm I'm just keeping it real today. Because this is where Shaitan is getting us, man. The problem with uh, illicit stuff is worse in Muslim countries. And we, we're fighting this battle. And here's what I want you to realize, though. If you listen to this, and shaitan is like, yep, you're a loser. Yep, he confirmed it. You're out of the game. No, there's another tactic of Shaytan. We are fighting until the last breath in our bodies. And every day that we say la ilaha illallah is another day I can say, ya Allah, forgive me. Let me start fresh. But let's get back to the point. This is a war. We're at battle. Shaitan is throwing these arrows quite literally. Now, hear me out. There's a hadith where the Prophet Wasallam he said, and this is for both genders. Please realize this. Inanadara sahmun minsi al iblis. This is literally warfare. The Prophet said, "What you look at, what 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 you, what Allah puts in front of you, or what comes in front of you, and you look at, is a sahmon. What is a sahm? An arrow." from the arrows of Iblis. But then the prophet, said him, he goes, Mas-mumun, mas-mum. this is crazy. You know, if you shoot an arrow, the arrow itself is dangerous. So the prophet is trying to tell you that if you don't control your gaze, that alone, that, that look could kill you. That look can kill you. And this is why I started today's halakha saying, you got to know yourself, yo. Just because your boy can do whatever and he's good, you got to know you. You got to know your weak spot. You got to know what you're susceptible to. Do you feel me? So the prophet said, this is an arrow, right? An arrow. What is an arrow? Like looking at something that is uh, attractive to you and pulling you. The prophet said, this is an arrow from the arrows of Iblis. But here's here's the kicker, y'all. Masmum. But it's poisoned. What that means is I could pull the, if I get hit with an arrow, I could pull the arrow out. But the effect of that thing is still inside. The effect is still inside. So, so the point here, the point that we have to understand here, um, I'll give you another hadith so, so you can realize how, how important. One said you die a shaheed. You, you have some deep desire for someone or whatever, but you fight it inside. You, 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 you hold it inside. You move on with life. There's a reward for that. You're a shaheed on the day of judgment because you fought a battle and you died right then the prophet said him. he said in another narration there are seven people who will be under the shade of allah's throne like on the day of judgment we just finished the journey series on the day of judgment no shade sun is right there people are in different punishments the prophet said him. he said there are seven types of people that they will be in a special place meaning allah is like yo these are the elect these are special people do you know who one of them was just so you can realize the magnanimity of this what we're talking about, one of them was Waajjunan, and I believe it applies to a woman as well. Waaunan, a man who was called or seduced by uh, a, a woman, that wa who's beautiful and got cake. Money. Sorry, Money. <laughs> beautiful and got money. Beautiful and got money. And I'm telling it's not just a man. Women go through this same exact fitna. The Prophet ﷺ is talking about a type of person who's in a situation. It's extremely difficult. They are they are the fitna is calling them and it's it's every door is open. But what happens? They fight it, they fight it. So what do they do? Ila nafsiha. This person is calling them, calling them, not getting out of the DMs, constantly in the DMs, right? Then what happened for Khaled? Innia Allah. But this person goes, you know what? Blocking you. I fear God. Blocking you. I fear God. I fear God. The Prophet said, this is such a big, a big a big, moment in your life that that gain, gained you the, under the, the shade on the Day of Judgment. That one moment made it for you. That one moment made it for you. Right? So, subhanAllah, I, the reason I'm sharing this is because this is one of the biggest mujahidahs that I think, me and you, I'm in, like, as us growing up and, and aging as Muslims in America in 2020s, I think this is one of our hardest fitna. And I swear, if you can control your gaze, you become a wali of, of Allah. If you control your eyes, you become a friend of God, that's it. All the other, to hajjid, all that other stuff, don't get me wrong, it's really nice, it's great. And I hope people don't take it out of context. But this is so pervasive that if you're able to overcome this, man, I believe that this will make you a friend of God, right? I believe this will, inshallah, make you a friend of God. So, um, so our, our, what I wanna break down is like, how do we fight this one now? I, I, you, you hold it, you become a shaheed, you wanna be under the throne. So now um, we gotta talk about like, how to actually like, like you know, overcome this, right? Um, first of all, you gotta understand the reward. If you don't know the reward, uh, like, sacrificing becomes difficulty, becomes difficult. When you know what you're getting out of something, you go through hardship. If you have the hadith, what's the hadith? Some, someone tell me the hadith that I just said. What's the reward? What do you get? Shaheed. Like, like, that moment comes, and you're like, Shaheed, what's the other reward? Shade, under the shade. Another narration, subhanAllah, I actually didn't finish the narration. Uh, the, the other narration that said uh, the arrow is, is, is uh, poisoned, the narration goes, Man whoever lowers their gaze, right? And, and blocks themselves. Let me add something to this. Imam Ghazali says, this is crazy, y'all. Imam Ghazali says, if you don't lower your gaze, if you don't lower your gaze and check what you're looking at, you drive yourself insane. Why? He's like, this is what he says. He says, because you keep seeing things that your nafs wants, but none of it can you have. None of it. You can't have it. How many, like, let's be real. You can't have all those uh, amazingly attractive people that you see in your feed. You can't have them. So you're just, all you're doing is driving yourself insane. He says, "Men atlaqa basarahu nadima. Whoever allows their gaze to just go on everything, they make themselves remorseful. Because they just, they're just depressed all the time. And on top of that, can I add something? It destroys your quality of marriage when you finally do settle down. You know why? We have to be very real. And I'm going to keep it as uh, respectful as possible. But everything we've seen today is curated, y'all. It ain't real. It's not real. Do you, are we on the same page? No, nah, I don't think y'all feel like argument. So we're seeing, like, fake things that aren't real life. And then you compare your real life to that and you're like, oh my God, life for me sucks. And it's just like, no, you have every blessing in the world. You just need to stop looking at what everyone else has or everyone else is fronting like they have. How about that? So the, the hadith goes, here's, now why am I sharing this hadith? If you want to conquer this, you have to know what you're getting through the sacrifice. So what does the narration say? Man tarakaha makhafati, man khafati, whoever, uh, lowers their gaze out of fear of me Allah says imanen, I give this person such strong iman yajidu fi qalbihi. this person starts to walking around feeling the sweetness of that iman in their heart hold up you don't get what this means like yo the first sajda I did like you don't know how like free you feel how I remember the smell of the carpet from that first sajda y'all you know that, like, once you, re- there's moments in Ramadan, let me get Ramadan, you know that one moment in Ramadan where you're kind of just like, oh, it feels so good to be Muslim, yo, I'm loving this, right? There's other times in life where it's hard, don't get me wrong, but there's these moments where you're like, I am feeling iman. That is called halawatul iman. You're tasting the sweetness of faith, right? And we ask Allah to give us that. Some of us in the room like, yo, I ain't never had that, what y'all talking about? Don't worry, Allah will give it to you, inshallah, Right? So the, the Prophet ﷺ said, and this will help you. In the moment where that fitna is right in front of you, if you turn away, Allah will place in your heart in exchange for that sweetness of faith. Why am I sharing this? Because you need to know what you're getting from it in order to, to overcome that push. Um, the other thing, the other thing. Um, don't put yourself in fitna trying to be strong. Let me say that again, hold up. A lot of us think that I should be able to be such a strong believer, I can walk into the the fire of hell and walk out unscathed. Do you get my analogy? Do you get my analogy? Like we feel like when I'm a good believer, I can walk into any environment and I'm okay. Habibi, no, that's, that's, no. First of all, we're all weak. Second of all, the prophet taught us to stay out of bad environments. Why? You don't tempt yourself. You don't put yourself in a bad environment. Oh, I should get strong. I should be okay. You know why? Um, You know, um, when I was a kid, we used to go to the beach a lot, right? A lot, a lot, like, like crazy, okay? And I learned very quick something called undertow. Undertow. And undertow is like the water on top may look okay. But when that water is coming back out to sea from the beach, from the shore, it creates a very strong toe under. So what happens is you'll be standing up looking fine. Somebody look around and they're like, oh, where's my man, where'd he go? And you're literally being pulled out 60, 70 feet out into the ocean where that undertow is taking you. I don't know if you get my analogy, but sometimes we walk into an environment where we think, oh, the waves are good but that undertow hits you and pulls you. And before you know, like, oh my God, how did I end up here? So don't feel that you should be able to walk in any environment and be super Muslim and it's not going to affect you. No, stay away from the environments that will negatively impact you as a believer. Now, I'm going to say this one more time. We're all on different levels. You have to know yourself. You have to know yourself. So the first thing I'm going to say is, number one, uh, protect your environment. And I already said you need to curate your feed. I don't know how we justify that before God. I, I really don't. Like, if we're really real, from a, a man's perspective, brother's perspective, following just random sisters and stuff, random people, I don't know how I justify that before God. Like, is it for cooking? Like, her cooking thing? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how do you, what do you tell yourself? What, what do you tell yourself? There's nothing. So we, we have to really be active about our feeds because we're conscious consumers, right? We don't eat everything. We feed on healthy stuff. So curate your feed, curate your feed. Um, and, and, and the last thing, how do we control uh, shahwa, desires? Um, the prophet taught fasting, yo. Well, before that, hold up. He said, get married. He said, get married. Um, marriage is a, is a shield, Right. Marriage is a shield. In the Prophet, he said that whoever begs Allah, begs Allah for marriage in order to protect their chastity. First of all, that's an intention you can have. If some Muslim brother comes up to you and you're like, hey, why are you trying to get married? And he's like, I'm just trying to stay chaste and be, you know, be on the up and up. You're kind of like, oh, really, that's all. Oh, you're a creep. No, that's beautiful. (laughs) This person doesn't want to ruin their faith. And they're being real, I'm, I'm being real right now. They're being real about their desires and they're saying, I am not trying to waste my akhirah. And I say that's so special because I've heard parents that would say, you know what, get into haram, but don't ruin, don't, don't mess up, you know, don't get married. Exactly, staghfirullah. But we have believing men and women that are like, you know what, haram is worse upon me. I feel har- fear haram more than anything, more than anything. So the first thing that our deen, Highly encourages is young marriage, right? That's it. Or when you're ready, you're ready. I won't even say young. When you're ready, you're ready, right? And that's something our community needs to, uh, need to support more. And the other thing I'm gonna say about that is, is uh, uh, keep it simple, y'all. The Prophet said the one that the, the marriage that costs the least money has the most barakah, yo. Has the most barakah. That's hadith. I'm not making that up. That's not me. I'm not, no. I'm, I'm serious. The one that has the least money, and it's relative, you know what I mean? Some places it's like crazy, crazy. Some people it's crazy. Some people it's like not crazy, right? So, like, it's relative, you know what I mean? But the Prophet ﷺ said the one that's the least expensive is the one that will have the most barakah in it. So, and the reason why that's important is because, look, if you put the bar up here, then my man who's not married has got to wait like four more years. Y'all don't get it. You feel me hate them you get what I'm saying right like when it's really when you when you set that bar it's like we went all out the Ritz everything I don't know right right yeah that's crazy right that's on some other level Other people are reluctant to make that step because they're like oh my god I got to have 60 grand before I can get married and it's like where did that come from right I know I'm just throwing numbers out I don't know right uh, so no, the point is, I, I think we can k- encourage as a community that marriage is simple and this protects our chastity and that protects our faith, right? This is extremely important thing. Um, and so this is the door that he focuses on next. The door that we're talking about right now is the door of desires. I said, how do you, first of all, understand the reward of overcoming your desires. Number two, stay out of the places that will, uh, encourage or, ex- uh, uh, like, um, uh, cause that fitna for you. Uh, remember that the Prophet ﷺ, likened this to war. He said, You looking at haram is an arrow that shaitan just shot at you, right there, shot at you. And not only that, it's, 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 um, it's masmoom, it's poisoned. So even if you pull that arrow out, Habibi, the poison is still there. It's gonna take some time to recover from that. So may Allah allow us to uh, protect our, our glances, our gaze. Uh, may Allah give us the strength to overcome our desires, yo. Fight that battle. Don't just give in. Fight that battle and realize that if you fight that battle and you hold that inside, when you die, you die a shaheed. Right? And that's, that's a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to the uh, next door that shaitan exploits. So um, if you didn't have any problem with shahwa, you're like, yo, I'm good, gravy. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, the next one is um, a big one. Uh, the next one is, uh, Imam Ghazali says, the next major door that shaitan exploits in your heart is the door of jealousy. The door of jealousy. So i um, are going to talk about this a bit. Um, when it comes to jealousy, we need to understand that extremely destructive, extremely destructive to our faith. Um, it is something natural inside of us. So let me share a hadith with you. Um, so Aisha radiAllahu ta'ala anha, she tells us. It's a beautiful hadith. It's a cute like marital hadith, right? A, that seems like a theme today. I didn't plan it, but whatever. Aisha radiAllahu anha, the wife of the Prophet SallAllahu she says an Rasul SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam kharaja min laylan. All right, so the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam is laying down. He's with Khadija radiAllahu ta'ala anha. Uh, uh, what did I say? Aisha. Thank you, Aisha radiAllahu anha. And he kind of just gets up and he dips, okay? He gets up and he leaves, um, but she wasn't asleep. She's like, I got jealous. Now, let's all be adults. The prophet has more than one wife, okay? The prophet has more than one wife. He gets up and the see why the little dude in the front? For y'all in the back, the little dude in the front was just like, what, where? Who did this to me? Get your mans, yo. Hey, this is, a, this is for, a, you know, a mature like, adults, man. Alhamdulillah. So, the pro... <laughs> bismillah. Okay. Y'all heard him, right? I, was not, I wasn't imagining that, right? I didn't think so, okay. Okay, Bismillah. So, Aisha radiallahu anha, she's like, the Prophet got up and he dipped in the middle of the night and she's like, I ghirtu, I got jealous. Right. I got jealous. And y'all can understand why now. Right. So um, she goes, so he came back. They didn't even go to where he went and all that. The story just skipped. Right. She's like, he came back and she saw he saw my attitude. Like, obviously, like I wasn't happy. Oh, man, inshallah. Um, saw my attitude. He goes, what's wrong, Aisha? Uh, did you, are you jealous, are you jealous, right? And he's not saying it in a mocking way, he's helping her identify what she's feeling, right? And, and we can do that for each other, right? If you use the right tone and everything, he's helping her realize what's going on inside. So he goes, you know, did you get jealous? She's like, She was like, why wouldn't I get jealous? Somebody like me and somebody like you, you know what I mean? And she's saying it in a nice way, but you know, she's throwing shots a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, did, he's like, did your shaitan come to you? Is your shaitan exploiting that jealousy? The reason I brought this beautiful to me because our jealousy our, that we have, every single door, every single door that we've talked, fear, anger, uh, expectations in people, desires, all of these are natural in us. But what happens is shaitan exploits that and makes it go too far. And you're not in control example because you're like, well, I don't understand any good examples of jealousy. Well, the Prophet taught us. The Prophet والسلام, he said, La illa fithnatain. Like you should never be jealous of anyone except in two a person who Allah gives them the Quran and they recite the Quran day and night. Day and night. And number two, a person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives money. And they spend it in the path of Allah. Left and right, in the path of Allah. The prophet's like, that's a place that you can be uh, not jealous. What's the other word? Envious in a way, right? Where you're like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I wish I had that. I would do the same exact thing. Now, jealousy is satanic in that it's Satan's actual true, like sickness, yo. When Adam is given his position, jealousy. Why you got that position? I don't. So when we look at like, Places that shaitan will exploit. exploit. Jealousy is undoubtedly uh, a satanic like quality that's exploited. Now, here's something interesting. Um, why is jealousy so dangerous? I'm going to start at the end, actually. The reason why jealousy is so dangerous is because it leads you to being angry with God. Let me say that again. It leads you to being angry with God. Let's break down the whole jealous thing. First of all, Imam Ghazali says you'll never be jealous with anyone that doesn't have a relationship with you. It's going to be your sister, your cousin, your brother, your nephew, somebody related to you. Somebody works in the same office as you. uh, Someone that works the same job as you. It's always going to be someone that's related or after in the same area as you always. So first of all, be careful of that right? You're never going to be jealous of some rando person. You just see, like, I don't even know you. I don't care. But your cousin, right? Getting the attention of the family, whatever, your sister, your brother, where it comes, right? And let me tell you something else. You on the same basketball team? You in the same run club? I don't know, right? (laughs) Right? Same school? Yeah, classmates? Yeah, for real. Same classmates. He says whenever, like, you have the same objectives, that's where jealousy kicks in. Now, the reason why jealousy is so dangerous is this. He says that the jealous person, what does it mean to be jealous? It's Allah has given you something, and I want to see that taken away. Well, what does that lead to? Listen to what he says. You start off angry with the person. So if actually, Ghadab starts with anger, in a way. We'll talk about that. You start off angry with the person. But now you see the person is getting blessings from God. They just got a a new promotion. They got a new car. They got married. I don't know. Stuff is happening. Allah is blessing people. And he's always blessing people. But here's the problem. As Allah blesses this person, what keeps going up in your heart? Jealousy. 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 Higher. 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 And he says, what he breaks down, he says that basically low key, the chain is this. Such and such person did something to you, and you're angry with the person. The anger escalates to a level of spite, like, I just don't like you. But now, whenever you see a blessing come, you get angry, angry, angry. Finally, Ghazali says this leads you to what? In reality, you're just angry with Allah. You're angry with Allah. Allah, why are you giving this person so many blessings? You won't say that, but that's low-key what's under that jealousy, And this is how shaitan takes one jealous quality and leads all the way to kufr. A lot of us are like, so what? I'm jealous. I just don't like her. So what? Big deal. No, that is dangerous. It can really mess up your faith because when you're jealous, you're actually objecting to Allah's showing blessings on this person. And now it was a you and Allah thing. Allah protect us. Allah protect us. Uh, So then he goes forward. Um, Like, so if we look at, if we break down um, jealousy, let's see how we'll break, talk about how we're gonna actually uh, cure jealousy, how we're gonna cure jealousy. Um, The way we're gonna cure jealousy is this. Um, First of all, you need to understand how dangerous it is. Yeah, five minutes. All right, we'll we'll finish in five minutes. Uh, First of all, you need to understand how dangerous it is. The Prophet, in a number of ahadith, He said, watch out for jealousy. It will destroy your faith completely. And he said, he a It is, you know, haliq is the shave. He says, it just shaves off. And the Sahaba were like, what are you talking about shave? He's like, it shaves away your faith. Again, why? It's because I see this person with the blessing and I'm angry with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how do, first of all, understand how bad it is. Uh, The second thing is, if you want to cure jealousy, here's what you got to do. First thing I'm going to need everyone in this room to do is be real with yourself. First thing first, you need to actually be real about when you feel jealous of, over someone. A lot of us have problems coming to terms inside and being real like, yo, I felt that hater aid coming in right there. Like you got to be able to feel that hater in you, that little dude inside that, or sister inside that you be like, oh my God, right there. When you, when you notice that, you got to be like, there it is right there. Mikael, why are you jealous of this person? So the first thing you have to do is knowledge. You have to recognize when you're jealous. So without raising your hands, the question I have for you, who can recognize your jealousy? Who hears that? Who can feel that feeling when it comes? There you go. Number two is uh, knowledge. You got to understand or know that jealousy only hurts the jealous person. Jealousy only hurts the jealous person. It does nothing to the one who people are jealous of. It does not hurt them at all. Uh, It it destroys their heart. Their heart is pained as God keeps blessing this person. Now, how do you fight it as far as action? So part of it is knowledge. You got to understand. You got to realize how dangerous it is. You got to realize that it doesn't even hurt the person and it hurts you. You got to realize it's a satanic quality. You got to realize all of these things. How do you actually work against it? So they say, you do the opposite of what your jealousy is telling you to do. Now, don't tell me it's easy, it's hard. Because I'm gonna say, of course it's hard. Tell me something in life that's easy, that's worth striving for. That's why we do hard things. You feel me? For those who know, that's kind of a slogan that we have for our spiritual things and our physical things. We say we do hard things. Going to Fajr, it's hard, we, we do hard things. Running and working out, it's hard, we, we do hard things, right? We've, we've, we've adopted that idea that we do hard stuff, yo. Like being a Muslim is hard, yup, <laughs> we do hard things, yo. No, for real, it's really empowered us to do, push ourselves further. So this is hard. What am I gonna tell you to do? The person you are jealous of, first thing you're gonna do, write it down, so you can act, don't act like, oh, I, didn't, I don't remember that, right? You're going to make du'a that Allah increase them in the thing that you're jealous of. Don't tell me it's hard. I know it's hard. I already know. So whatever it is, I'm jealous of that car you got. First of all, you got to be real. Do you, do you feel the jealousy, y'all? Like, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be transparent. I feel it when it hits me. I feel it. I ain't going to tell you what I get jealous of. But I, I feel it. Right? So, and it's normal. First, be real. You, just be real with yourself. You feel it. Okay, that's normal. Imam Ghazali actually says, like, it's totally normal because all of us, we want to be on top. Like, all of us, we want to be the best at whatever we do. That's natural. And then when someone else gets the promotion, someone else scores the goal, I don't know, then naturally you're like, oh, man. Oh, man. So it's natural. But we got to conquer that. We got to conquer it. So what do you do? Make dua for them. Literally for the exact same thing that you're jealous of. Oh, Allah increase them, increase them, increase them. I think if you just do this every time, Shaitan will stop bringing this thought to you. The next thing one of my teachers says is, randomly send gifts to them anonymously. <laughs> if some of y'all start sending me gifts, y'all I'm like, oh, I got some haters out there, yo. I got some haters out there, yo. No. Uh, <laughs> Now, every gift doesn't mean that. But hey, it's a cure. It's a cure. Randomly start giving gifts. Right. And I would even say take a gift from the person because it's hard to be a hater on someone that does a favor for you. You're like, man, I don't want to take this from you, you know, but you take it. Right. So take take from the people that um, that uh, what you call it, that, that, that you have jealousy of, because I think it will create in you this feeling of like, okay, they did something for me, da-da-da-da-da, right? Um, so do I, oh, another one. Are you ready? They're all hard. They're all hard, so please don't give me that. Okay, you ready for the next one? You praise them in front of somebody else. <laughs> Y'all about to get up and leave, like, all right, <laughs> peace. No, you literally, you're like, oh, my goodness, sister, she is amazing, you know, she's such a good artist too, right? And, and here's the problem, though. You got to be very careful. Because I had a friend, he would never, he's not even a friend, I consider him my sheikh. I have a sheikh uh, who, his rule in this house with wifey was we don't praise nobody. You know why, though? I told you this before. Because every time we go, you know, such and such is such a great person that after like four or five minutes, guess what happens? But... But, and guess what? That destroys, it's just very harmful for our hearts. You're praising. So his rule with him and his wifey, they're like, like, we don't even praise people in this home. Like, and that was their own rule because we know as we start talking, then eventually we're just going to say that one thing. But you know, and then it's all messed up. But anyways, uh, praising a person is the other way to fight that jealousy. Um, guys, we're going to wrap up because it's, it's, it's been about 45-50 minutes. Um, so just realize how dangerous this disease is. All right? uh, the Prophet ﷺ, uh, he said that... La, said that la yunji minhum ahadan. There are three things that nobody is safe from. Number one is... Dhun. That's the other thing we we're going to talk about today. We'll do that next week. Number two is uh, superstition. It's not the concept of our halakha, but basically it's kind of natural in us that we see something like a black cat and you're kind of like, oh my God, right? It's natural. We fight it, but it's natural. And the last thing is hasad. The prophet said, everyone has some hasad inside of them. But that means you fight it, y'all. You fight it, you fight it, you fight it. Uh, this is a door, shaitan comes in. Listen, I'm gonna end, I'm done. Have you ever like, have you ever... So, so sometimes you interact with people who have been on the receiving end of some really bad things from other people, right? Really bad things, whether it's hateful messages, whether it's sihar, whether it's, I don't know, crazy stuff. And some of us would ask, what would lead a person to be so spiteful? This jealousy is, is crazy, y'all. When that jealousy kicks in, sometimes it pushes people to do crazy stuff against other people. So my first thing is be real about it in your heart. Don't beat yourself up that, oh my God, I'm a horrible human being. The prophet said, we all have it, but don't be complacent. You have to fight it. You have to push it away. This is a door Shaytan takes, uh, uses to take over our hearts, inshallah. Um, I had a few more I wanted to talk about. We're gonna stop right now, inshallah ta'ala. What is our intention? Why are we here? We're here because as we learn more about these tricks and methods that Shaytan uses, we're able to protect ourselves and be ready for this war we're able to protect ourselves um, and not be caught off guard. So may Allah subhanahu wa taala allow us to uh, benefit from whatever we hear. May he allow us to actually act upon all of these things. Um, I'm gonna share one more thing with y'all, I forgot. So there is a du'a you can read when you leave the house that the Prophet said you're protected from shaytan from the moment you leave the house until you come back. We should do it next week though, no. All right, here's the dua. Super easy. Bismillah. Okay, you might want to just record audio. I don't know. Bismillah. Allah. illa billah. I think that's the end of the dua. Yeah, that's it. We know all these, yo. Bismillah. Allah. illa billah. You walk out the house saying it, the prophet in a sound hadith, he said, this person is protected from shaitan from the moment they walk out. And my thing is, if you don't use these things, it's kind of like you're not using the easy defense. You didn't put sunscreen on. I'm sorry. Don't complain about getting sunburned. Do the small things that the Prophet taught us will protect us from shaytan's influence, inshallah. Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah, la hawla, la kuwata, illa billah. Every time you walk out the house. So may Allah allow us to... Um, Stay in a remembrance of God. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be cognizant of these different tricks. And may Allah allow us to eventually uh, overcome our nafs and rise to our best self Inshallah. Subhanahu wa bihamdik. Nashadu la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfir wa atubu